BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business education, and technology. Fran McNeil. I'm Fran McNeil, your host, and we're very excited that tonight, November 12, 2013, we've got three very dynamic guests. Our first guest is Carmen Giles. She is Chapter President of BDPA Milwaukee. Our second guest is William Flowers, Vice President and CIO of the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. And our third guest is Janice Coleman, President and CEO of Janice Coleman Corporation. So welcome, BDPAI Radio Show listeners. Sit back and get ready to enjoy. Carmen, welcome to BDPAI Radio. It's so exciting to have you on your, on the show. This is your first time, so welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me as a guest on the National BDPA uh, Live Radio. I am very excited to have this opportunity. Well, you know, this is. Um, I'm glad that you're excited. This is uh, a real treat for us every uh, the second. Tuesday and fourth Tuesday of every month because we get to highlight and hear from leaders like yourself um, and get a window into your chapters, into what makes it tick, and uh, for you to share some best practices. So I, I would love to, you know, have you be as open as possible and um, share. Before we get started, I did want to read a little bit about your bio so that our listeners have a sense of your background. Carmen Giles is BDPA Milwaukee's chapter president. She has numerous years in managing diverse engagement, program management, and technical initiatives for enterprise-level information technology. Carmen has a diverse background, which includes management, interpersonal skills, program and environment management, teaching and training of ERP software applications, mainframe operations, systems and business analysis and design, and computer programming. And Carmen is a certified project manager and has experience in managing various projects across multiple platforms, including a number of tools and methodologies. Now, earlier... Uh, this year, she came on board as the corporate champion for Miller Coors, where she's worked for the past 24 years. And when she learned that the local BDPA chapter was inactive, she immediately stepped in to serve as the chapter president. So, Carmen, thank you so much again for being part of the show. And I would love to start with the first question, which is, how did you find out about BDPA? Um, tell us about that, that story. And um, would love to hear why the chapter presidency. 
Well, um, how I found out about BDPA was through Norm Fleming, uh, who is a senior director at Miller Coors, and he's also a lifetime member of BDPA. He asked me to participate in the 2012 National BDPA Conference, the Career Fair. Um, I was so impressed by the high school uh, student competition. Students from all over the United States were participating in this competition. The students were focused, passionate, and driven. I was so excited that I just wanted to meet the students from Milwaukee or from the surrounding Wisconsin area. So I just went out seeking and looking for those students so that I could shake their hands. But to my disappointment, there were no students from Wisconsin. And as you have mentioned, uh, I discovered that the BDPA Milwaukee chapter was inactivated. So anyone that knows me knows that I have a very high passion for young people. Um, the national BDPA model, the one that you have that says classroom to the boardroom, is a very powerful statement. I, I want to ensure that, um, that students from high school have a voice and have a place or a forum that they can showca showcase their talent and the ability to advance their career. So I truly believe in the National BDPA organization is one of many organizations striving to help our young people. And this is something that I really feel that Milwaukee young people need to have the opportunity to demonstrate their talent in the areas of technology, science, and engineering. So that was wow, the reason why that's keeping me you know, involved. That, that is so motivating, and I guess one of the questions that I have is in revitalizing a chapter, um, it takes a lot of work. It takes a team. This is a volunteer organization. Would you be able to share sort of, I, mean, I understand the motivation um, in terms of being able to reach high school students and provide opportunities. and one can only be a president of an organization if there is, in fact, an organization. So could you, you take us back to how did you build that organization? Well, first of all, one of the things that I believe in is surrounding yourself with high-performing people, very talented, top-talented individuals. So the rejuvenation of the Milwaukee uh, chapter was just something that I went and I sold to a lot of individuals, especially my uh, leadership team. So what we did is um, together we decided this is what we were going to do. I spoke to those individuals and I said, okay, let's get started. One of the things that I'm so proud of is that we have 26 committed members that have the same vision, passion, and desire to see the BDPA Milwaukee chapter become a true success story. We started off activating the chapter in March of this year with 10 members. We then planned and had a networking event, which had about 80 people came to hear, what, uh, hear about the BDPA chapter and what it was all about. Out of that, we, ha we gained 15 members. And then in September, we gained another person. 
So our next thing that we want to do is to start partnering with our Milwaukee public school system. And as everyone knows, you know, the public school system is something that is struggling right now, but we're there to try to help students to understand how they can broaden their horizon in the area of technology. So we partnered with the Milwaukee public school system, and they've identified a school for us so that we can start participating in the 2014 high school competition. So we're really proud of that. And then finally, we're, we're going to be participating in the uh, first information technology high school career fair next Tuesday. So this team of individuals that I have is just really, they're excellent. I can't say enough about that team. I can understand. I mean, when you talk about leadership, vision, results, um, <laughs> that that is a powerful story in such a short period of time to gain that momentum. Um, just just fascinating. And when I think back to the brief bio that I read on you, I can see or I, I, I see connections between the formal training that you had um, in both technical and leadership skills and how many of those must have come to play, um, whether it was in the event planning or coordinating the partnerships. So just a, just a wonderful um, case study that's evolving, you know, an example that's, that's evolving. Tell us more about the event that's coming up next Tuesday. Next well, week. next Tuesday we're having uh, we're participating in an information technology high school competition. So, um, as a member of Miller Course, which I've been employed there for 24 years, I've had an opportunity to go to some career fairs, and I've spoken with some of the other companies that was there, and they had talked, they had spoken about this iFair that the Milwaukee Public School System was putting on. And so I then inquired about it. I told my team about it and said, you know, is this something that we can take on? Um, because we do need to start recruiting for high school students. So the whole purpose around this career fair is to talk to young people that are in high school to let them know what is it and what are the opportunities that are there for them in the area of technology. And so we're also going to be recruiting students to participate in the 2014 career fair, I mean the, career, uh, the high school competition. Okay. So okay. It's, a, it's that, an all-day event. That is powerful. Yeah, it's an all-day event. So um, I think it's mm -hmm. going to be very key for us. To, this is going to be an opportunity. We have only one opportunity, and we're going to go in there with gangbusters to to uh, get these students. Excellent, excellent. Now um, I know in talking with other chapters that the competition process involves certainly students, um, and then it also involves mentors and parents and instructors. So in your ever-growing, uh, almost doubling by the month uh, chapter, uh, do you have the resources once the students come on board to you know, put the competition training in place? Because I know that some chapters you know, start as early as September. 
Um, we are working on that. We do have some volunteers from Miller Corps uh, from the Milwaukee Public School. The Milwaukee Public School has said they'll partner with us, but they're also sponsoring us. So they're one of our sponsors also. So they're getting teachers. Um, they're, we're going to have some from the UW-Milwaukee, uh, which is the University of Milwaukee. We're also getting students from there, college students, that's going to help us. So we're definitely building our team to help us to mentor and to work with the students. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, very, very exciting. Uh, again, you're right in the middle of growing an organization. And I can, you know, even though we're states apart, I can feel the momentum. What are what are some of the lessons learned or takeaways that you would have, um, and this is sort of a double question, both for a, a new chapter and for a chapter that might have hit a plateau um, because you are in this momentum building phase? Well, I would say um, I, I can sum that up really short into one paragraph and saying that, one, you have to be a team player. Everybody that is involved needs to be a team player. You know, you have to surround yourself with top talented individuals, and that's not hard to do. You can get individuals from your organization or from other organizations to come in to, to help you with this. I mean, if you sell them your vision, people will follow you. One of the things I think people make a mistake of is not building that high-performing team, but they also don't open themselves up to an enterprise vision. You can't keep yourself into a vacuum or have a narrow vision. You have to motivate, empower, influence people so that you can build collaboration within those individuals that's going to be following you. So I would that say, you know, they definitely have to do that. Take away. Yes. yes, yes. Building momentum, motivation, power, influence. Well, Carmen, um, it is so exciting. I, I really would love to have you back in the spring to give us an update on how things are going. Um, this, uh, in 2014, the national conference will be in Indianapolis, so that will certainly be closer. I know for the last few years it's been kind of on the East Coast. And, um, you know, would, would love to, again, hear more about your members and the coalition building um, and the partnerships. So just congratulations for uh, what you're doing. And, and also thank you so much to your organization um, for supporting BDPA in so many ways both locally and nationally at the conference and the career fair. Yes. So I definitely thank you for inviting me to participate in this uh, radio show today. Uh, again, I want to say I'm so proud. I'm very proud of being the BDPA Milwaukee Chapter President. You know, I look forward to coming back and talking about our success story of the Milwaukee Chapter um, I have uh, you know, surrounded myself with a dynamic leadership team, and I, I do want to just say quickly their names, um, Alan Beller, Sandy Scott, Melinda Green, Albert Thomas, Adrian Williams, Nicole Jackson, Benitra Blitzel, 
Kathy Ellis Crowder, Denise Thomas, and Peter Robinson. Those are individuals that I really, really have helped out a lot. And it also has been all of the team people that, that have joined and been active members. I'm looking forward to leading this team and truly making the Milwaukee chapter a success story. And for those of you who are listening to this radio show, because I did send out a lot of invites to listen to this program, is to make ask them to become a member of the Milwaukee chapter and take that next step and become an active member of any chapter. If it's not the Milwaukee chapter, any of the chapters that are out there, I believe the National BDPA chapter is very, very much a true success story. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, Carmen. Have a great evening. Um, I can see this is, <laughs> the, again, the energy and momentum is phenomenal. So thank you again for the work you do. Um, look forward to hearing about your future successes. And have a great evening. Okay, thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. So, folks, see, this is one of the advantages of BDPAI Radio. We're able to step into the living room of BDPA leaders across the nation and hear what is happening sort of right on the cusp um, within new chapters, established chapters, uh, hear from sponsors, hear from um, national leaders, local leaders. And so, we're going to continue our show, and our next guest is William Flowers, the Vice President and CIO of the Dallas Fort Worth International Airport. William, how are you this evening? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show, and I wanted to let our listeners know a little bit about our your background. Uh, you have been the Chief Information Officer for one of the world's largest airports for over 12 years. So I'll, I'll want to have you talk a little bit about um, that process, being a CIO for over 12 years. And you've also been a leader in BDPA, not even longer, serving both as the BDPA Dallas Chapter President, 1991-93, and a National Outside Director, 2012-2013. So um, I'm really looking forward to sharing for our listeners on the different perspectives, the different seats that you've sat in professionally and with the BDPA organization. So again, um, welcome, William, and thank you for being on the show. It's my pleasure. Um, as I asked Carmen, you know, how did she find out about BDPA, I'd like to ask that same question of you, and uh, maybe you can share with our, our listeners sort of your BDPA introductory story. Well, mine started back in 1987 when I worked at American Airlines, and there were a group of black Americans who were looking to network and network with other data processing professionals, called it data processing back then. And there was a group uh, in my group that decided to extend this offer and get together, and I went along with them. And we created 
the Dallas chapter in 87, and I just happened to be part of it. I got really involved with it because my CIO at American gave me a challenge to move up in the organization. He told me to go work for a nonprofit organization. I joined BDPA as a nonprofit organization, went and told him I did that. He told me that wasn't enough. I had to be part of the staff. I became vice president, went back to him. He said that wasn't enough, and I became president. Now, that was a course of two years, and when I became president, he said, now you got it. And I said, got what? He said that if you can lead a nonprofit organization, then you definitely can lead people who you pay. And that got me involved with BDPA. Very powerful story because um, sometimes people that are unfamiliar with BDPA don't quite get that connection between volunteering, learning, contributing, leadership, um, making a difference in the community, and then having the skills be transferable within your personal um, life and development. So what were some of the, as you joined the organization and um, took on the various leadership roles, what were some of the ahas and challenges as you progressed from member to leadership? And, and why, are those, why are those important takeaways? for someone that might be considering doing what you're doing, going from a member to a leader? Well, I can attribute my being a CIO to BDPA. And I want to make sure that everyone understands that I am a CIO because of Black Data Processing Associates. That's a pretty heavy statement, and a lot of people don't understand how could that be. Well, I told you the story about my CIO at American giving me that challenge. Some of the opportunities that I, were, that I was able to accomplish through becoming that leader in the organization, I was able to carry over to the real world. And one of the biggest keys of that was People think that managers tell people what to do, and they do, but leaders get people to buy into an idea, a concept, and what you're trying to achieve, and everybody's on the same page, and then everybody wins. And I learned that through BDPA. It wasn't about my ideas. It was about our ideas and a team effort to accomplish that. And once you get a team to accomplish a goal, man, you got a powerful team. Brendan, I think we actually, with our first guest, Carmen, we heard some examples of that, you know, literally happening in Milwaukee, you know, third quarter of 2013, um, from going from a chapter of, you know, 10 and having an event and 15 and doing some more, uh, doing partnerships and growing that organization. So um, I think that's a, that's a really important takeaway that you were identifying. Now, you were involved, as you said, um, in BDPA when you were initially with American Airlines, and you clearly attribute to make that connection between being a 
a CIO and BDPA. Some of our listeners may not really be clear about what a CIO does and sort of more specifically what you do and what's your position within the management team, sort of what's the division between technology and, you know, are you an expert um, and the business of running the airport. So if you could maybe clarify or illuminate for our, our listeners your role, what does it mean to be a CIO? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I basically set the strategic objective of the organization from a technology perspective. I listen to what the CEO and the CFO, chief executive officer, chief financial officer, what their goals are, and I attribute, I enable them to accomplish those goals through technology in some cases. I'm more of a provider of services uh, and an enabler. I, from a strategic standpoint and a tactical standpoint, apply technology to the overall goals that the organization have listed to achieve for a fiscal year, and I allow them to be successful by applying technology to those goals and getting them accomplished in a meaningful budgetary time frame. So I hear you using some words that often maybe someone who is specializing in a technical area might not use. I heard you mention strategic several times, goals several times, budget, and the business. And many of our leaders of BDPA chapters as well as individuals that meet within their organization really talk about that balance of technical competence and confidence and the people skills, the ability to motivate, influence, lead, communicate your vision. Um, How does someone develop that balance? Um, Let's say they're a programmer. Let's say they're in search of other in career transition. How do they develop that balance and sort of get better at blending the technology side, the leadership side, the management side, the business side. And I guess those are a lot of sides, so we might have a doctor <laughs> point. Well, <laughs> the, the first part of it is I am very logical uh, by nature, uh, and I am blessed to be a people person as well. Those combinations don't come around too often. Most tech heads or computer heads or whatever they call us, uh, I'm, I'm not using the word nerd head, but a lot of us, and I consider myself one of those, do not normally have a lot of people skills. Now, for those of us who just so happen to like people as well, it it enables us to be personal and to have good listening skills. People are your biggest assets. And if you treat all people with respect, you learn a lot from them and you take your listening skills into play as well. So I started listening 
to people a lot more than acting like I knew everything. I started being more social with people, and, and it's not about you don't have to love somebody. Uh, you don't have to like somebody. As a Christian, you have to love everybody. But you need to listen because you can always learn, even if you aren't necessarily the focal point of this conversation, but there's always something you can take from the conversation, and those are things you can't. You don't have to apply them. I started doing that, and I took my people skills with that, and you always got to find someone who believes in you that's going to mentor you to the next level. And when you start putting those things together, it enables you to just be in the right place at the right time, most cases. Uh, you find all those things lining up and you get an opportunity, then you got to make sure you're not afraid to be successful. Hmm, potent, potent formula. And I heard a lot of L's, uh, listening, liking, learning, um, and those are all part of leadership. Let's let's focus on for a moment the technology. I mean, technology these days is you know it, it's used everywhere. Um, and you talked about in your role, um, it's about strategy and goals and connecting with the other leaders and um, the business issues of running a huge enterprise that literally um, holds people's lives. Um, how, how, do you, how do you do that? Um, how do you, you've been with the organization for a number of years, um, how do you stay on top of technology um, given the fact that you're involved in the strategic direction of the organization? Well, that's a good question. First, I'd like to say the technology trends for today's world, since everything is technology, uh, from a smartphone to the tablets that you're using, everyone touches technology today. When I was president in 2001 and, to, I mean, sorry, 91 to 93, our focus was on enabling the youth, the community, and our members to understand technology. We had a fear that the young black kids would not have computers in their homes, only the people who had money would have that. So that, our focus then was educating the, the businesses in our communities to use technology so they could use spreadsheets and do point-of-sale systems on computers versus doing them on paper, and then educating the members to learn that there was other careers besides being an operator and a programmer, that there was engineers and other aspects, CIOs, that you could get as well, could achieve. Today, every kid has a computer on their in their pocket, so it's not the, the concern isn't the same. The technology trends of today, uh, especially for us, it, it starts with a word I call scam, and scam includes social media, cloud technology, analytics, business analytics, business intelligence in that area, and mobilization. From a career standpoint, and from um, the CIO at DFW International Airport standpoint, I have to make sure that our business is taking advantage of those things in order to be a leader in the technology in the, in the business industry today. 
using those four aspects, I can apply them to just about every part of the business aspect that we do, every business unit at, at the airport, and help them achieve and be successful and make DFW one of the best airports in the world. Oh, now BDPA is all about claiming things, so not the best airport? I used to say that, but I, I'm on radio, so I'm trying to be nice. We are the best okay. airport in the world, so thank you for reminding me that. Fair, fair enough. Um, uh, that acronym is fascinating. Would you repeat that a little bit slower? The S is for social media? Yes. The mm-hmm. C is for cloud technology. Cloud. Mm-hmm. Cloud, cloud technology. Okay. And the A is the for analytics. And I use the example mm-hmm. of business intelligence. But mm-hmm. analytics is what allow senior management, C-level people to make decisions quicker. So they look at trends, mm-hmm. they look at uh, trends over year, day-to-day, and it allows you to make a business decision based on the analytics that someone's provided you. That's a whole different mm-hmm. way of looking at programming today than what you did in the past. And you'll start hearing mm-hmm. terms like business scientists or computer scientists and, mm-hmm. and those kind of words where we mm-hmm. were never called scientists before. We were called from analysts to engineers, and now they're called scientists mm-hmm. because there's a science on the analytics that provides the information that you need today. And mobilization mm-hmm. is the key. Everybody has to be able to do everything they can do from the office, from the home, to overseas. You've got to be able to do the same thing you can do anywhere in the office, anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And providing that type of functionality is a IT person's responsibility. As CIO, it's my responsibility to make sure that all of, all, all of the departments at the airport, which is over 27, has those four capabilities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fascinating. Now, Carmen talked a little bit about, again, in the Milwaukee chapter, um, wanting to create uh, an ecosystem so that they would have a high school computer competition team. And part of BDPA's focus is from the classroom to the boardroom. So um, given the perspective that you have as a CIO, what are sort of some steps or some initial um, areas that someone might focus on at the intern level or the college level, um, at the I'm new to technology and I'm entering the career, um, I'm at mid-career in technology, I'm in transition. I'm just wondering if you shared some, some wonderful gems around your role, and I'm not sure that BDPA members have an opportunity to hear thoughts from a CIO. So if I were to pick kind of four points, PA perspectives, that of the college intern, um, that of the person new to the technology business, that of the person in career and maybe someone in transition, I'm just wondering what essentially, what words of advice, um, what lessons to learn would you share with people at those four points? 
Well, the the biggest well, that's a good question. It's a long answer, but I'm gonna kind of try to make it short. The one thing I will tell everyone is to believe in yourself. That's a very strong statement for college kids who come out who really don't understand the the business world. And and I don't mean to be arrogant, but be self-assuring. Believe in yourself. The next thing I will tell you is to find a mentor. Find somebody who you can talk to and that will help give you sound advice when you have a question that needs to be answered based on your career. They're out there. You just got to talk to them. And coming out of school, sometimes it's a little bit harder. If you're in your career, that person may be one of the managers above. If not that, go above that manager and go to a director. If not that, even go to a vice president. And don't be afraid to talk to the CIO. I talk to everyone on my staff that I have 142 people, and every one of them that's been hired has sat in my office and we've had a conversation because you build a team as your speaker before said a team makes a success an individual will fail with a team you can't lose be part of a team you got to make sure that you're not as you are making yourself believe in yourself but also make sure that you work as a team member and not as an individual the last thing I will tell them is every challenge is an opportunity. you got to look at it as an opportunity, and the key to that opportunity is do not be afraid to succeed. You know, William's extremely powerful, and I appreciate your willingness to reflect and share and um, it probably was a little bit unfair. I sort of asked you four questions and one question. And what I love about your response is, you know, you talked uh, earlier about kind of being a systematic thinker. Is it you provided advice and lessons learned that's really transferable and applicable to um, sort of anyone um, at the different phases of their career? So it's really been a pleasure um, to hear you share your knowledge, um, to reflect on the leadership that you've had within PDPA. And I was hoping um, that before you go, that you talk a little bit about your most recent volunteer service within BDPA as an outside director. Because again, our, our audience is very diverse. Um, we always have the winning high school computer competition team um, on after the national conference. So, you know, we've had guests as young as 14 on the show. And um, then we have a variety of leaders in different positions. And so the outside director position might be something that um, someone who maybe has been inactive and wants to get more active might be interested in. So if you could just share a little bit about that role and, and um, what it meant to you and what it meant to the chapter when you were an outside director. Being an outside director for the national DDPA organization was um, 
a great accomplishment for me personally. Uh, when I was president, I focused on certain things, uh, more people, more youth, more community. But as a outside director for the national chapter, I want to show the organizations out there that BDPA had a CIO on its board, and I was somebody who could talk, look, and speak like them, who goes to a board meeting once a month and could help explain how being part of BDPA helped not only their organization, not only helped the youth and the members of their team, but it also helped the whole world community in technology and understanding the direction in which everyone's going. Having someone to speak to that C-level staff made it more meaningful to they didn't feel that they were talking to a programmer or a and not that any of that's wrong, but sometimes people get bigger than their titles and they feel that they can't talk to people at certain levels. And that's one thing I would highly emphasize. Don't ever get bigger than your title because you're just a person like everybody else. And always remember where you come from. But sometimes they need the other people need those folks to feel at the same level to talk to and I wanted to make sure that BDPA had that representation uh, of that level. And one thing you said earlier about, you know, people having the opportunity to talk to a, a CIO, that's another reason I'm an outside director as well as being part of the national BDPA and really enjoy the national conference and the kids and everything. Uh, I always go and talk to the kids, and I make sure that, any of them has, I, I have kids every year come up to me and, and ask, what does the CIO do? Uh, and I've been an uh, outside director for four years now. In our first year, I had a guy that I work with, Chris Johnson. We actually put a program together for youth to build an organization and then do a transition from going from a small business to a large business. And they had to play the role of C-level people running an organization. So we gave them that opportunity to experience how do you grow, what the decisions you have to make, and do you plan for today or you plan for tomorrow? And the emphasis on that, you always plan for tomorrow. Today is you can do anything about it; it's pretty much gone. But you always have to look forward in in those type positions, and that's what the emphasis was on that case. In that case, and I strongly push that concept to our youth the people who want to move up in the senior management, the people who are just looking at their day-to-day life. Always be prepared for tomorrow. Wow. You know, I was going to ask you for a final thought, and you just <laughs> you just summed it up right there. I mean, extremely powerful. Thank you again, William, for your time. I, um, you know, wish you a wonderful fourth quarter, and I, I truly look forward to you um, coming back on the show, I, I too will be at the, at the National Conference in August 2014. Um, and I'm intrigued by that activity of having students play the role of building an organization. Um, that's, a, that's a fascinating one. Um, because it, it really allows them not only to hear about leadership skills, 
uh, but use them or add use them. Um, so that's that's very exciting. So thank you again, um, and uh, you know keep us safe in the air. And uh, we know that we've got a friend, even though in Pennsylvania the slogan is you've got a friend in PA. Um, we all now know that we've got a friend at Dallas Fort Worth International Airport. So thank you again for being our guest tonight. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. Thanks. Well, folks, we are running a little bit over, and I'm not actually apologizing. I am. I, I feel that we're really blessed to have BEPA members that are willing to contribute their time and share their energy and share their knowledge. And our final guest is no exception. Our final guest is Janice Coleman. She is president and CEO of Janice Coleman Corporation. And she is a wonderfully talented individual. Um, in her corporation, she has um, really been a master communicator. She has had a lot of strategic roles in the corporate and nonprofit sector. And she's a regular contributor to BDPA, and that's to share with us tonight because many of you may know her as the person that brings career triage to BDPA members. So, um, Janice, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? Uh, thank you, Fran. I am well. How are you? Just fine, thanks. Well, Janice, I want to just jump right in because I know before we uh, got on the air, you were mentioning that the career triage, there's an activity coming up. So I was I was hoping that you'd share with um, listeners that may not be familiar what career triage is, what it is, and then talk a little bit about the upcoming event. Okay, well, career triage um, basically is, is positioned such that if your career is in the emergency room uh, of uh, the business world and marketplace and you need um, some help, you can use career triage, the fast-paced, action-provoking, interactive type of uh, webinar built to help to enhance and revive careers who, that may be stalled or just need to continue to grow. And we have been doing career triage for BDPA for the last two years for BDPA members. And so the upcoming career triage, which is next Thursday, uh, November the 21st at 8 p.m., and, and anybody who wants to register, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if they want to register, they can go to BDPA's website, www.bdpa.org, and register. Uh, the next session is Networking Nutrition, How to Get Your Team in Play. So tell me a little bit about that title. I mean, just uh, first of all, the, the concept of triage and emergency room and kind of getting everything back to health. Uh, tell me about the title of the this upcoming uh, Thursday event. Um, why that title? What does it mean? And what will people get out of attending and participating? Well, uh, career triage is built uh, built on the idea of uh, a medical situation, and so 
We have resume rescue, resume recovery, um, interview infusion, and then you have networking nutrition. So networking nutrition um, basically gears the listener or the attendee toward understanding that their network determines their net worth. And it is important for us to be nourished by the people that we know and by the people that we're connected to because we all contribute to the health of one another. And so after you've been recovered, you have to continue to grow. And so that's where the network comes in to help to teach people how to leverage their relationships for a mutual beneficial outcome, mutually beneficial outcome. Again, extremely powerful. It's, it's very interesting in how a very short period of time the words that you use are impactful. Um, they relate to certain situations and they're very specific. And they're also very visual. Um, and mm-hmm. it's clear what it is you're doing and who would be most attracted to it. So given that many of our listeners um, are listening through the Internet, some of our listeners listen to the archive version, how do people, once they sign up at www.bdpa.org, how do they actually access, you know, next Thursday's webinar? What, what technology do they need? Um, you know, how do you know that they're out there? Can they talk with you? during the webinar, how long is it? So can you give some particulars to just kind of help people understand what's coming up? Okay. When you register for the webinar, you will be in the database. And so we will have a communication go out. and, And each individual, once they register, they will receive the login number so they can call in. And then... Um, when we send the follow-up email out, they will receive a link that they can use to access um, the webinar provider that BDPA has. Uh, it's called Cauliflower. And so they will receive the link. So if they're driving, they can just listen to it on the phone because they'll have the access number. Or if they're at home, they can watch the they can watch the slides as I'm actually presenting it. It is a live interactive um, webinar that is from 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so that's how they would access it, and that's the time frame. Terrific. Um, is there any preparation that they need to do in order to take advantage of networking nutrition? Any any food, vitamins, um, exercises they have to do ahead of time? Or, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to get into the health thing. Right, right. Well, you you know, uh, we're we're believing that we're gonna we're gonna be able to uh, get get people started, and and they've already for those who have been following these webinars, they've already been revived, they've already been infused, and so now they're just going to continue to to be healthy. But if somebody comes in cold, they will be fine. Um, we're we're going to uh, take very good care of them with regard to setting this particular 
webinar in place and getting it moving. So, so they'll be fine. There's no real um, pre-work that has to be done. Okay, good. And this is the fourth of a series. Will what happens in you know, uh, December, January? Does the series repeat? Well, uh, we are we are in the process of working on that to see what's going to happen. Usually, January is a month that we did, did not have career triage, but it actually starts in February. In December, the career triage is going to be um, getting gear, getting getting geared up and ramped up for for 2014. And so it's going to be helping people to understand how the marketplace looks before the year begins, you know. And so mm-hmm. instead of uh, instead of slowing down, actually November and December are times to gear up because your competition is at a party somewhere. And so you should be in an interview while they're at a party. <laughs> so while they have parties on the line, ah, networking. Okay. You should be networking and you should be, you know, touching base with, with uh, you know, strategic partners and things of that nature to be able to uh, be ready when January comes or even be in that new role because businesses do hire in the latter parts of the year, and, and that's one of the fallacies. So businesses do hire in the latter part of the year. So, you know, don't slow down because it's a holiday. That's the time to really ramp up. And if I could, right, this is a really good um, segue because the holiday is coming. Um, December the 14th, the Philadelphia BDPA chapter is having um, a half-day leadership workshop called The Gift of Leadership. And so as everybody is gearing up and doing what they're doing, prepping for 2014, um, uh, Eileen Gatson and her team, uh, along with Janice Coleman Corporation, are going to be uh, presenting the gift of leadership. And it's basically um, uh, geared towards from 9 to 1 at DeVry University in Center City, Philadelphia, um, to help people, leaders, to learn how to improve member satisfaction and participation, how to create a value proposition for all stakeholders, because we all have sponsors, members, and and young people that are involved with our local chapters, how to leverage teamwork to make the dream work, and then how to over, overcome communication noise in order to get greater results. So, you know, while everybody is getting a career triage on, we're also going to be focusing on uh, helping leaders to be more effective um, as a nonprofit as they move into t- 2014. Oh, that's wonderful. That's that's wonderful. And it, it really, uh, again, in the last two years, the leadership that you've brought uh, to the organization as a whole in providing the career triage, being available at the national conferences, as a speaker, um, working with local chapters to innovate programs, um, is, again, an example of um, the resources that EDPA has in its members and ways that when someone is a part of BDPA, they can really tap into kind of high-octane um, information. Mm-hmm. 
that is going to empower themselves, that's going to empower um, the organization, and that can power up their career. So it, it's really yeah. very, very exciting. Um, exactly. As we wrap up, you, you've had lots of experiences on the corporate side and the nonprofit side, coaching and counseling people um, around leadership and excellence. And uh, similar to some of the questions that I asked um, William, when you kind of think about the BDPA audience, which is diverse in age, you know, sort of 14 to, to 84, um, and is diverse in terms of where they are in the workplace and where they are in their career transition, what are, what are some lessons learned as people wrap up um, and or advice as people wrap up 2013 and, and get ready for 2014? What I would say, um, I, I really enjoyed listening to the two previous uh, guests that you had. They were, they were very awesome and um, demonstrated powerful leadership skills. So I, I do definitely applaud Carmen, uh, both Carmen and William on on their demonstration of involvement in BDPA and their leadership skills inside and outside of the organization. Um, and I agree with, with William wholeheartedly. The three things that he said um, as he closed were to believe in yourself, to find a mentor, and um, to see every challenge as an opportunity. And, and I would add to that, to join BDPA, if you're not already a member, to join BDPA and become an active member because um, there's a globalization that if we haven't realized it, it's here, it's been here for a long time, but, but it's a globalization of uh, information technology, of technology as we know the STEM uh, movement, the STEM initiative, and, and, and how we are as a people strategically positioned to play a part in that, BDPA is continuing to position itself to help to help its members to be in the full forefront of that movement, and so you know, to be a member of BDPA and to be an active participant in in the local chapter and on a national level is going to be very important, so that as individuals we don't get left behind, so that the digital divide doesn't you know consume us and suck us in, but we should be. Um, helping to bridge that from the classroom to the boardroom at every level. And so I think that um, the realization that we should take away from this year as we get ready for next year is that there is a huge globalization that is happening around us and that we need to really um, become an involved participant in that globalization so that we can, so that we can continue to to show everything that we are as a people, you know, show everything that we are as a person so that 2014 will be the best year ever. And so that would be, you know, what I would say as we move forward to closing your show. Well, um, Janice, thank you so much for really being on the show, again, providing your leadership and giving us two opportunities really within the next few weeks that 
listeners, BDPAI radio listeners, can take advantage of. The career triage on Thursday, November the 21st, that folks just have to go to uh, the BDPA.org website. They can register. They can listen on the phone. They can watch the slides online and uh, be part of the networking, nutrition, career, uh, which is part of the career trust. And then if they're in the Philadelphia area and um, if they're on the East Coast, they can just hop on a a bus or a train and get there. Um, They can be part of the December. Right. I mean, it's it's so easy. And uh, they can be part of the December 14th Philadelphia chapter, Gift of Leadership. Um, so thank mm-hmm. you for the initiatives and innovations. So I hope that you have oh, a great you. evening. And uh, you look forward well. thank to... Thank you so much, Fran. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So folks, we are going to wrap up the BDPAI radio show for tonight. I did want to again acknowledge our guests who were very generous with their time, their talents, their thoughts, and their leadership, their continued leadership. Our first guest was Carmen Giles, Chapter President of BDPA Milwaukee. Um, Our second guest was William Flowers, Vice President and CIO of the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. And our third and final guest was Janice Coleman, President and CEO of Janice Coleman Corporation. Make sure that you tune in the second and fourth Tuesdays of every month. Our next show will be right before Thanksgiving, Tuesday, November 26th. And we will, in fact, have a December show, the second Tuesday in December, and we will not have a show on Christmas. So, folks, thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. We'd love for you to um, follow up with BDPA, join our organization, participate online, uh, see us at the conference, and be active, as Janice encouraged, um, and so did Carmen and William, by example, be active in BDPA, because, in fact, we are an organization that helps people go from the classroom to the boardroom. I'm Fran McNeil. And that's our show for Tuesday, November 12, 2013. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. And the Executive Director Wayne Hicks, produced by Everaldo Gallimore, technical advice by John Melanson. BDPAI Radio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.